Good morning. Welcome to all those joining us for Likutei Halachis. We're in Yeradeya, Chelek Aleph. Hilchois Ma'oinein Umenachesh, Halacha Gimel. We're in the middle of paragraph Dalid. We're up to the sub-paragraph in, in, in the newest sets of Likutei Halachis. V'zeh she'siyem ha'posek tomim t'yem ha'shem alikecha. Today's shir is being sponsored by our good friend from New York, Nathan Rudy, in honor of the yard site of the Basayin, one of the great tzaddikim who lived during the time of Rab Nosanzal, possibly even during the time of Rabbeinazal. His name was Rabavrom Doivber Berabdovid Auerbach, from the city of Avrich originally, and then he was Zoycha to come to Tzvas. There's a lot written about him, and there's a Sefer Bas Ayin ala Torah, one of the great Hasidish Esforim, Shusa Yogan Aleinu Valkol Yisroel. And we dedicate the learning also for a complete Refuah Shalema for all those that need it, including Chaviva Chana Basgalia, Hillel ben Brocha Nechama, David Leib ben Shena, Yuspendel Basketleya, Avi Vilona Bas Yuspendel, Sarocha Bas Yuspendel, Boruch Mordechai ben Tali, Soraleya Bas Chavaliba, Shira Dvoira Bas Miriam, Avigail Brocha Bas Shira Dvoira, Jonas ben Hilda, Shlemanisim ben Mazel, Chaya Brocha Bas Perel, Yaakov Yeshua ben Freindel Rechel, Gitganendel bas Sipoira, Shimon Eliezer ben Rochel, Yentefradel bas Pesel, Meir ben Frida, Tovietzvi ben Chayaliza, Eitan Yol ben Edna, Idis bas Miriam Brindel, Yehuda ben Soramaya, Besurch Shar Choli Yisrael. Rab Nosenzal continues, Vezesh is Siema Posig, based on what we've been learning till now, we can understand why the Pasuk over there, where, where the Torah tells us not to follow the ways of the Goyim, of sorcery and magic and, and these types of things, that we should be complete and whole with Hashem. Because when a person does not attach post-creation to pre-creation, then that person has no shlemus and no tmimus. Ki ein shlemus im lashem izborach. Because there is nothing that's complete and whole and perfect other than Hashem. U bilodo izborach hakol choser. And without Hashem, everything is lacking. U kishemekashran hakol lashem izborach. And when we attach everything to Hashem, Oz who tomim im Hashem, then it becomes whole, it becomes complete with Hashem. Kalidei shekisher hakol Hashem izborach, oz nase tomim v'sholem. Because by attaching everything to Hashem, then everything, including the person, becomes complete, whole. V'zehu tomim tihye im Hashem alikecho. This means a person has to always be thinking and wanting to attach themselves and the entire creation to Hashem. 
And we mentioned one of the ways that we do that is by making a bracha on everything and by acknowledging that everything is Hashem. When a person is given anything, always thanking Hashem for it. When a person sees that they have any kind of a quality or attribute, I just saw this morning a quote from the Sefer Basayim. He speaks a lot about the topic of Anova, and he says that, that Anova doesn't mean denial, it doesn't mean denying your qualities, but it means attributing all of your qualities to Hashem, not taking any personal credit for your qualities. If I know something, I thank Hashem. Hashem has given me this knowledge. Hashem has given me the ability to learn, to remember what I learned in, in anything. Shezehu ikr hashlemus v'hatmimus. This is the real definition of being perfect, whole, complete. Va'oz daika tucha lekabel eitzes shlemus. And when a person does this, then they'll be able to receive complete, perfect advice. Because the real source of all Eitzah comes from there, comes from pre-creation, from Hashem Himself, from the highest levels of Hashem. And it's impossible for a person to really receive any type of proper advice unless the person attaches everything to Hashem, that's the real perfection of the entire creation. And this is what the Pasuk means, you should be complete and whole. You want to complete the world, you want to complete yourself, the way that you do it is by attaching yourself to Hashem. Paragraph Hey, the Alkain Ef Shalakabel Eitzis Nachinois, Kiem Al Yedei Tzadike Hador Huamitim. And this will also explain why Rabbeinazal stresses in chapter 7 in the first half of Likud Imran that the only source for receiving real proper Eitzah is from the Tzadikim, the true Tzadikim of the generation. Kistam Beneodom Rechoikim Meatachlis. Because we explained earlier in this halacha, in order to be zeichet to real eitzos, a person has to realize the tachlis. Now Rav says, but unfortunately, most people are far from the tachlis. Most of us are involved in materialism in this world, and we're not always thinking about the tachlis, about the ultimate future. And even if we are, we're not really, really connecting to it the way the way tzaddikim are. And it's for this reason that regular people are far from proper Eitzos. Whereas the Tzadikim, they do achieve this light of the Tachlis. They are always thinking about Olam Haba, about the future, and working towards it, and learning about it, and, and understanding it as, as well as a person possibly can. Therefore, they are the ones who are able to give perfect advice to everyone as a result of the understanding of the tachlis that these tzaddikim achieve. And that's the source of all eitzos. Now remember, we learned towards the beginning of this halacha 
that Rav Nelson Zal is talking here about pre-creation and about the ultimate future. He's talking about connecting to before creation, Koidem Abriya, and he's talking about connecting to Olam Haba, the ultimate future, and both of them seem to be as far apart as possible. They're really one. They are really one. In the future, Hashem is going to be one, and before creation, Hashem was one. It's only after creation that we have this concept of two and more, the, the toiv and ra. And this is why the Pasuk says about the leader of Klal Yisrael, the nation which is at your feet, and Rashi quotes the, the Gemara, which says, meaning they follow your advice. However, Rabbein Azal explains in chapter 18 in Likut Imran, which this halacha was based on, there Rabbein Azal explains that it's impossible for a person to be a true leader, which means qualified to give advice, which is, which is real leadership. Here Rav Nosan Zal defines what's a manhig, what's a real manhig, that the iker hanhoga is sheyuchalit and eitzos, a person who's capable of giving proper advice. Key only when this manhig's emuna is complete to the highest level of perfection. Which means that he doesn't believe in any type of superstitions or anything like that. Because if the person believes in any of any type of superstitions, then that person doesn't have any eitz even for himself. How in the world can he lead others? And that's why Rabbein Azal writes over there in chapter 18 in the Kutimran, in the third paragraph, that a true leader of Klal Yisrael has to be careful not to be mistaken in, by any of these, any, any iota of superstition. Because that definitely will disqualify him from being a manig, a leader. Meaning, to lead people in the righteous path. To give proper advice. Because this individual himself is far from proper, perfect advice. Because he, he believes in superstitions, which are the exact opposite of perfect Eitzah. On Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, in one of the paragraphs that we say during Chazor Sashats in Shachris, we, there's a paragraph there that goes in the order of the Aleph Beis. And for Ayin and Pei, it says, Atzosoi emuna, pe'ulosoi emes. His Eitzah, Hashem's Eitzah, and the Eitzah of Tzadikim is emuna. It's all about faith in Hashem. So if his emuna isn't perfect, he doesn't have, then his Eitzah is not perfect. 
כי אי אפשר לקבל עץ השלמה כי הם מקודם הבריאה, מבחינת התכלס או האמיתי, התכלס או האחרון, שהוא הסורס השם יסבורך. Because it's impossible to receive real perfect עצה without connecting to pre-creation, which is the true תכלס, which is connected to the תכלס האחרון, the ultimate goal, the ultimate future, which שהוא הסורס השם יסבורך. Which really means understanding Hashem, achieving a deep connection to Hashem, שהוא מקור ושורש כל האצוס השלמוס. Hashem is the source and roots of all perfect האצוס. ברוך השם. Any questions, please? Also, so going through life, people, you know, ask you for האצוס all the time, as, as how it works. But if, obviously, if you know you're not at this level, how, how can one feel comfortable giving even a chaver any etzos? The answer is a person has to be uncomfortable giving etzos. A person has to be extremely, extremely careful when offering advice to be, sh- to, to, to be sure where, where is this advice coming from. Is it coming from the Torah? Am I qualified? Do I understand the Torah? Is it coming from something that I heard from a tzaddik, from a true tzaddik? And then I can share it with the other person with a qualifier that I remember hearing this. If this applies to you, this might be the answer. Because you need to know, again, we're going to see this in the next halacha, especially, we see this in, in many places. No two people are alike. No two people are exactly alike. And therefore, the advice that applies to A, just because it applies to A, doesn't mean that that's the same ATSA for B. Just like the two people are sick. I use this medicine, use this medicine, it, it works. Yeah, but I have a different sickness. So a person has to be extremely, extremely careful in offering ATSAs. It's very, very delicate. Very, very delicate. And that's why even in Breslov, many of the Talmud Chachamim were very careful, avoided giving Eitzos in a very direct way, telling a person, this is what you should be doing, you know, in, in, a, in something where there's a doubt whether to do A or B, that kind of thing. They might offer a suggestion, but in a very cautious way that could, could, be, could be this is the right thing for you, could be this will help you, you know, that kind of thing. But you have to be mispalel, you have to do what you can, you know, to, to get the right answer. This was one of the unusual things about Rav Rosenfeld, Zichron Evrocha, that because, because of a number of things, because he was so great a Talmud Chacham in all areas of Torah, number one. Number two, because he had so much experience in Kiruv, in outreach, And, and because it was B'mokim Shainish in a sense, he had students and, and there was nobody else to guide them. In, in his case, very often, he gave clear, crystal clear advice as to what to do. And it was very, very rare that a person didn't appreciate the advice, didn't see that the advice was, was valid. Question in the chat. Today, very few people believe in superstitions. So what would be the definition of emunah in our times? The, the answer is <coughs> emunah in Hashem, in Hashem alone, and in the Torah alone, and in tzaddikim alone, versus 
people believing in parna, the, the concept of turning this, Rabbein Azal speaks about this and all the forums speak about this, about people believing in Sibos, believing in doctors, believing in work, putting, putting their faith in their job, in their company, or in their doctor. You know, it's a misplaced, misdirected faith in other things. We, we say every morning from Tehillim, Al tiftichu binedivim. Don't put your trust in, in wealthy people. Bivenodom she'en chua, In human beings who have no salvation. The word chua means salvation, and the word chua also means advice. There's a posuk chua b'roiv yoyetz. Teitzei ruchoi yoshev Masai. A human being, their neshama leaves them, they, they return to, to earth. Fortunate is the person who looks to Hashem, who looks only to Hashem and, and places all of their hope in Hashem. So that this is the concept of a person, I, I believe that this is going to succeed, I believe, I, I believe that this is the right, I believe in Hashem, you know, that term believe and faith and trust that the, 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 the real place to direct that to is to Hashem, to Hashem, to the Torah, to the Tzadikim Amitim. Any other questions? Now we, not, we start a new chapter, which up until recent years seemed to be sort of not so prevalent. It seemed to be like in prehistoric times, there were these crazy cuckoos that, that, that made tattoos, that did tattoos. Today, if you don't have a tattoo, I think you can't get into certain government offices or in, in America and other insane asylums. So here, Rav is going to address this issue based on the Torah. Hilcha is korcha uksoivas kaka. The laws regarding a person tearing out their hair making a bald spot in their head, which is one of the things that the goyim used to do when somebody died and they wanted to express, they wanted to show their grief, they would actually tear their hair out of their head or scratch themselves or make tattoos and make permanent, permanent lacerations in their flesh. So here the Pesach says, Bonem atem l'ashem alekeichem. We, you, the Jewish people, are Hashem's sons. Lois is going to do. You are not allowed to cut your flesh in this way. And don't make any bald spots in your forehead. It says between your eyes. It means we're going to see just like by tefillin. By tefillin also it says to wear tefillin. It means in the place on your forehead, on your head, that's, that's, that's across where the eyes are. What, that's a cross between the eyes. Rav Zal starts the explanation. Ki anachnu am kodosh tzrichin tomid lahachnia ulashaber sitra demoisa shehia sitra Because we, the holy nation of Jews, are always required to eliminate the aspect of death which is the which is the sitrachra? The term sitrachra means literally the other side. The other side is the satan, the yitzhara, the malachamovis. It's one angel. 
So death and Satan and Sitrachra go together. And our mission is to eliminate that, but rather to live. Therefore, we have to be very, very, very careful about remembering what we're supposed to remember. Which means to connect our brain and our thoughts to the future world. To remember that this world is temporary. This world is meaningless just about. It's simply a stepping stone for the next world. That's really the most important thing that we're supposed to be remembering. As Rabbi Nezal discusses this in chapter 54 in Likutei Moran. Interesting, we're a few days before Hanukkah. Today is the 12th of Kislev. In another 13 days, we'll have Hanukkah. And this Torah Mikudim Ran is related to Hanukkah, very much so. This concept on Hanukkah we light with olive oil, and the Gemara says that olive oil is mesugal ezikorim. Olives, eating olives makes you forget, and olive oil improves memory. That's why when people eat olives, if the person wants to eat olives, it's advisable to put, sprinkle a little olive oil on it, that that should neutralize the shikha of the olives. Because the future world is the source of life. That's called life. That's called living, eternal life, as is brought in the Zohar HaKadosh. Which is the opposite of forgetting. Forgetting is associated with death. As Rabbi Nezal writes over there in the Kutum, in, in Likuti Maran, Bechinas Nishkachti Kameis Milev. I was forgotten like a dead person is forgotten from the heart. So we see Shikha and Meis go together. The Iker Shlemus Hazikoroin Hualidei Hashikha. And the main way that a person achieves the right kind of memory is through the right kind of forgetting, by knowing what to forget. Which means to remove from one's heart all kinds of thoughts about this world, about the materialistic world. Which are outside of Olam Haba, which are not related to Olam Haba. What do we mean? meaning all kinds of sinful desires and sinful character traits. We have to forget them from our heart. We have to remove them from our heart. Not to think about them at all. Not to remember them at all. Not to mention them at all. Not to speak about Taivas Royce and Midos Royce. Not to talk about it. Not to think about it. To take it out of our conscious. Bibchinas, as the Pesach says, V'shikhi amechu beisavich. Forget your nation and forget the house of your father, referring to, to converts, people who are coming from non-Jewish places, that kind of thing. Or a person who's coming from a place where they were not religious. V'oz yesh shleimus And when a person forgets what they're supposed to forget, 
then that person will remember what they're supposed to remember. Then they'll have perfect zikorin. The person will be able to plug in their thought, their mind, to the future world. Because so long as a person is thinking and dwelling and remembering this materialistic world, that person is definitely far, far from what, what, what Rabbi Nezal refers to as zikoroin digdusha, from remembering what you're supposed to remember. Because for that person, it's impossible for them to connect their mind to Olam Haba. Because the future world and this world are two different things. They're actually opposites of each other. Kayadua, as is brought in the Sefer Choyvas Halvovois, in the section Cheshben HaNefesh, Perak Gimel. This ties in beautifully with the last story of Sipurim Isis, where Rabbi Nezal speaks about these betlers, these seven betlers, seven great tzaddikim, and Rabbi Nezal describes and defines their greatness. And the first betler was the one who had the highest, highest level of memory. He was able to remember further back than anybody else. He said, I remember nothing. Which means, again, he remembers pre-creation. He remembers Olam Haba, which is called nothing in the physical level. And how did he achieve it? Because he was blind. He had the ability to close his eyes to this world. Not to get distracted, not to look at and think about and talk about Gashnius, but rather to focus his mind, his attention purely on the future world. So the, 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 fact, the rule is that we have to distance the sitrachra, death, from ourselves. Not to allow them to draw from holiness. And therefore, all involvement in this materialistic world, which is outside of holiness, which is not related to holiness at all, it's not related to Olam Haba, which means it's coming from the Sidrachra, from death, from Shikha. Our mission is to be mish- to forget, not to think, to, to remove that from our heart completely not to be thinking about that at all whatsoever. Because so long as the person is thinking about those things and remembering those things, it will not allow the person to have holy zikorin, meaning to attach his thoughts and his mind to the future world. <coughs> and this remembering to forget, this consciousness, this conscious effort to forget. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
This, when a person remembers what they're supposed to be forgetting, meaning when a person is dwelling on Olam Hazah, on the materialistic world, he's thinking about and remembering the things he's supposed to forget, those things that are outside of Olam Haba, that represents, that causes damage and a fall to holy remembering. Which means if a person is doing that, they are empowering and giving life to the Sitrachra. They're feeding the Sitrachra. Meaning, he's drawing the power of Zikoroin. We said Zikoroin is associated with life. Shikha is death, Zikoroin is life. By him remembering the Olam Hazeh, he's drawing life into the Sitrachra. Into the place of forgetting, of, of death. Therefore, we must forget what we're supposed to forget about. We're supposed to take out of our mind the things that have to be taken out. All involvement in this materialistic world that's not related to Kedusha, which is all Sitra we have to forget them. In order to put them back in their proper place, to put them back to where they came from. Because all thoughts of Olam Hazer, of Gashmias, that's not related to Kedusha, all of that is coming from the place of Shikha. And therefore, we have to put them back there, put it on the right shelf, put it on the shelf of things to be forgotten about, not things to be remembered. To forget them and not to remember them. And then the true Zikorin, the Zikorin of Kedusha, will be in its proper place. It's interesting. We're told that when a child, the Gemara says, when a child comes into this world, first he's taught everything. While the child is in the mother's womb, there's a malach teaching him everything, everything that that child can possibly achieve in recognition of Hashem. And then right when the child is about to enter into the world, the malach flicks it and causes it to forget everything. A person would say, like, there's a lot, a lot of questions about why learn everything to forget it? The reason for that is because once you've learned it once, when you're searching for it, it's going to be deja vu. You're going to be able to, the neshama is going to feel, hey, I once knew that. that, that that's the real me. That's, that's home. But it seems that the Torah is showing us that, that zikoroin is dependent on shikha. That a person has to have both of these. You have to have zikoroin digdusha, and you cannot have zikoroin digdusha unless you know what to forget, unless you know where to apply shikha. Because both of these things are going to be coming at you. 
Emes and Sheker are going to be coming at you. Oilam Haba and Oilam Haza are going to be coming at you. If you say, no, 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 I want to be a nice guy. I don't have to destroy anything. Life is all about love and happiness. There's no bad. There's no such thing as Ra and everything. I'm just going to remember the Kedusha. You're going to fail. You're going to fail. Rav Nosan makes it perfectly clear here. There's a Malach Hamovis, there's Ra, there's Sitra, there's Oilam Haza. You're swimming in Oilam Haza. And unless you have the ability to push it aside, to get rid of it, to negate it, you are not going to have Zikorin Dikdusha. And, and that explains what Rabbein Azal says in chapter 25 in Likut Imran, which is a major Torah for Chanukah, where Rabbein Azal speaks about Koyach HaMedame. There he calls the Sitra Achra Medame, and the word Medame is Bigimatria Chanukah, to show that Chanukah is the opposite of Medame. On Hanukkah, we light eight candles corresponding to the eight times emes that it says in the Shachris from Kriyashma, from the end of Kriyashma, emes v'yatsev anochein till Shmonesra. We say the word emes eight times, and emes is light. Shlach orcha We're lighting those eight lights of emes. Rav Zal says here, hazikoroin ho emes the real Zikorin, or to remember the Emes by forgetting the Sheker. And there, Rabbein Ezra writes in that Torah that serving Hashem is, there's three steps to serving Hashem. Step number one is getting rid of the Medame. Getting rid of the Medame, knowing there is something called Medame. There's a Sahara, there's Ra. You have to recognize it and you have to get rid of it. That's step number one. And if you get rid of the Ra, now if you clean out the dirt, now you're in a clean house. Now you're in a place of Kedusha. Now you're in a place of Emes, a place of light. That's, that's step number one. Step number two is to climb from level to level. Rabbi Nezal says there that there's no such, nobody, you're not allowed to stay on the same level. A Jew has to always want to grow, to keep going higher and higher. And each new level that you come to, you have that project again of getting rid of the Ra on that level in order to achieve the Toiv. And Rav Nelson Zal in Hilchas Chanukah, in the first halach of Hilchas Chanukah, says this will explain why Chanukah has two parts to it. There's two parts to Chanukah. There were two miracles on Chanukah. People tend to forget, they, they don't focus on both of them. Step number one was defeating Yavon recognizing that there's a Yovan, there's a Medama. What is Yovan? Yovan is not idiots. Yovan is culture. Yovan is culture, the Greek culture, the past, and the trash culture that they're trying, that the, the secular world is trying to impose on the youth today and in the world today. The incredible, ridiculous, horrendous culture that, that's, being, that's being taught today to, to children, Rahmur al like the Greeks, the opposite of Tikkun Abris and the opposite, the opposite of Kedusha in every kind of way. We have to recognize that there is this Yovon that has to be, that we have to fight against and we have to eliminate. And once we eliminate that, now we're entering into the realm of light and now we have to try, that now we can turn on the light. Now there's light. And now we have to turn on, we have to increase the light every day. The first day, one light, the second day, two, two lights, and so on and so forth. Any questions, please?
question in the chat, how would we define Olam Haba? Another word for Olam Haba is the Olam Ho'emes, the world of truth. The world that we are in now is called the Olam HaSheker. It's called Medame, where things look, it looks like a real world. But, but this world is a fake world, and the pleasures of this world are fake plates. Not, that's not the real pleasure. The real pleasure is Shiashua Oilam Haba, it's called, the pleasure of Oilam Haba. The de- definition of Oilam Haba is the highest level of closeness to Hashem that's going to be achieved in the future, which Rabbi Nelson Zal speaks about just about on every page of Likuti Alochas. We're going to have more on this soon. That's, that's what he's referring to as Oilam Haba. When a person leaves this Oilam HaSheker, this place of, where, where, which is where Medame is the most prevalent force and connects to Olam Haba, which is holiness, light, the opposite of darkness, the opposite of falseness, the opposite of Gashmias. That, that's how we would define this Olam Haba. These are words we don't understand. That's that's, that's, that's in, a, in a sense, a mistaken attitude that some people have. There are some people that are sort of allergic to Ruchnius. And when you start using ter- spiritual terminology, they say that's Buddhism, or that, that, that must be some other religion. Because Yiddishkeit is all about halacha. Yiddishkeit is all about the ten. And, and that's not the case. The, the, we don't, there's different levels of understanding but, but we do understand what the difference is about a person who's eating and they're eating because they like the food and they enjoy the food and, and, and they're eating, the eating is purely a physical experience and another person who before they eat they make a bracha and they say I'm eating this in order to be able to have energy to serve Hashem and, and to, to be able to make brachas and I believe that as enjoyable, as much as the body is enjoying the physical taste of the food or something like that, that that's nonsense. That, that's, 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 that's imaginary pleasure. That's baby pleasure. The real pleasure is the pleasure that the, the neshama feels when I said the words, Or when I ate this cake, or you know, that kind of thing. And a person can connect each person on their level. There's a very important yesoid in Yiddishkeit and in Breslov. Rav Nosanzal makes it perfectly clear that every chapter in Likute Maran, even the chapters where he speaks about the Tzadike Emes, applies to every single one of us on our level. On our level, there's a concept of va'amech kulam tzadikim, and every person has to be trying on our level to relate to that. Exactly. Question in the chat. This is where the Torah says sur meirah va'asei toiv, that in order to in order to get into the realm of toiv, there has to be awareness and recognition that there's something called ra that has to be dealt with. And we have to address that and work on eliminating that. And to the degree that we're successful in eliminating the Ra, we can be Zerche Tetoiv. Rav Nosan Zal speaks about this many times. <coughs> this is the mistake 
of the philosophers or scientists or professors in, uni in university who study, they read books, and they think they're smart or people think they're smart, but if he's really an animal, if behind closed doors this person acts like an animal and this person does not study Torah, does not learn about midos, does perfection of midos, and midos royce and tibis royce, all of that, that person's knowledge is defective. That person cannot possibly arrive at the truth, at the emes. And, and unfortunately, those people are going to be misdirected, and they're going to be misdirecting the people that they're teaching. Each one in their own way and on all kinds of different levels. Because again, it's impossible to achieve chachma, real chachmas amiti, emes. Emes means life. Emes means oil. It's impossible to achieve that without tikkun hamidois and tikkun of the taivas royce. Anyone else, please? Continuing. V'yalkein ono metsuvim sheloi lehiskashois al hanes yoisamidai. And this is why the Torah commands us not to, not to delve too much, not to get too much into focusing on death and, a, and, and, a, and a, a person that died, that there's a concept of too much. The Torah defines boundaries. There's Shiva. There's seven days of Shiva that have certain strict laws to them. <clears throat> that in the first is Oimein. When the person dies until they're buried, there's a state called Aninus, which has certain requirements. You can't say brachis then, you can't daven, can't, all, all kinds of different laws. Then once upon burial, there's the seven days. Then there's 30, there's Shloishin. Then there's 11 months or 12 months, a year. And there are boundaries. And the Torah warns not, not to suffer too much, not to get too much into this issue of death. And Rabbi Nezal warned us that even when a person is learning Torah, when they're learning about the laws of Avelus, the laws of mourning, Rabbi Nezal said, go over it very shallow. Don't delve into it, because if you'll put your mind into it in a heavy way, a person can chas v'shon, bring upon themselves mourning. They can cause death, Rahman by, by focusing too much on that. It's only one, if a person chas v'shon, low alayne was in that position, a, 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 someone passes away, and the person has to know those laws, then at that time they're allowed to delve completely into those laws. But when, when a person is not involved in shiva or mourning, even though that's Torah and we learn it, but not to, not to get into deeply delving into it like you would any other portion of Torah. So, so as not to draw upon oneself this aspect of death. But rather, a person has to remove this from their mind and to forget, to forget death to forget that the person that passed away. And again, we're going to explain this. Ki bechinas ha-shikha tzrichin 
because those items that are within the framework of shikha, there the mitzvah is to forget, not to dwell on it. But rather we have to do the exact opposite, to plug our thoughts and our mind into the future world, which is referred to as which is life. Because when a person attaches their brain to Olam Haba, to, to, to Zikorin Digdusha, Memela lo al Hames. Automatically, the person will not go into excessive type of pain over, this, over, de- over death. <laughs> Why should I be so upset? Why should I get crazy? Why should I be so upset? But just the opposite. This person that passed away is so lucky. <laughs> this person has been zoichet to leave the Olam HaSheker, the Olam HaMedame, the place where everything is temporary and they've entered into eternal life. Shehem Baal Medosi, which is the future world. V'yalkein ho'akum. And therefore, the idol worshippers, the Goyim, who are far from Kedusha, they're far from any concept of Olam Haba, they are aligned with the Sitrachra, the side of death. That's why they have these customs of going to extremes when somebody dies. They want to strengthen the, 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 the death. And therefore they tear out their hair, they make bald spots in their head, and they stab themselves, they scratch themselves and everything. In order that it sh- they should always remember, they, sh- they want to leave permanent... in indelible marks so that they won't forget. In order to draw upon themselves and to expand the death. They want to draw the power of thinking, the power of zikoroin, into the place of shikha, into the place of, of forgetting. And therefore, we, the Jewish people, are commanded by Hashem and warned about this, that we don't do that. Because we have to guard the holy zikorim. Which means plugging your thoughts into the future world. Which is the place of true life. And we have to forget those things that are in the category of forgetting, things that need to be forgotten. And the thing that the Torah considers most forbidden here is not to make any bald spots in your head by tearing out the hair, and not to make any indelible marks in your flesh, like a tattoo, 
where a person scratches, the, 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 cuts the flesh, and leaves a permanent mark there. Because the Goyim, in, in previous generations, used to do this when somebody died. In order to damage and weaken the power of Zikoroin, which is related to the head. Because the ability to remember and to think is in the head. And the, they, the Goyim, want to do the opposite. They want to strengthen death. They want to put a mark on the head of death, to remember the, the, the death. That's damaging the Zikorim. We're drawing the, the, the place of Zikorim into Shikha. We're taking our mind, our brain, our thoughts, which are supposed to be thinking about the good, right things, and we're attaching it to the wrong things. <coughs> this is the concept of baldness. They tear out the hair from their head. This, the Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that hair is like an extension of the moichen. It's the excesses of the moichen. And Saros are associated with the sphere of Malchus. As Rabbi Nezal expounds on this in chapter 30 in Likud Imran. And therefore, the hair is one of the main places where the Sitra the side of death, attaches itself. As the Pesach says, that the feet of the Kedusha, the lower part of the feet, of, which is the Malchus, that's the place that can fall into death, into the Sitra That's the place that's most vulnerable to the Sitra Whatever is associated with Malchus, like the hair. This is why one of the ways that we define a person is by the hair. A religious Jew is defined by having short hair, where the hair is supposed to be short, and long hair, where the hair is supposed to be long. The peos and the beard, that's supposed to be long. And the part where you're putting your tefillin on your head, there if it's long, it's considered a chatzitza. It, 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 it breaks the connection between the tefillin and the head. And we see today that you can define the different levels of craziness in the world by the color of the hair, the purple hair and the green hair, and by the different styles of the hair. We see that that's a place that the Sitrachra attaches itself to a person. And this is also the concept of tattooing, putting permanent engravement into the flesh. They cut into the flesh in, in, in order to remember. They want to make it something that cannot be erased. Because the flesh of the body is associated with the sphere of Malchus. And that's again, that's why that's the place where the Sitrachra tries to attach itself to a person.
וזה בחינס שנקרא קסויבס קקה שהוא פגם הזיכורוי. And this is why it's called קסויבס קקה, writing, writing, in the, writing this inscription in the flesh, which is a פגם in זיכורוין, שהוא בחינס קסויב זוי זיכורוין בספר. Because we find that the Torah is referred to writing something to remember it. The Torah, which is called the Book of Life. There it has the term ksoiv zoi zikorin. There's a writing that's zikorin, and there's a writing that's shikho, writing what's supposed to be forgotten. I want to emphasize that here again, we're talking about forgetting a person that passed away, but, but we, we celebrate a yard site. We said today is the yard site of the Basayan and yard sites, and we say Kaddish, we do all kinds of things where we remember the person that, that passed, passed away. <clears throat> the answer is remembering them only in a positive, there it's talking about remembering them in a positive, healthy way, in a kosher way, not in a way that brings on depression, sadness, negativity, the way it was by the Goyim. <coughs> and again, not in a way by damaging our body. A Jew does not have permission to damage the body in any kind of way. There it's zikorim dikdusha. We light a candle on a yard site to show that we believe that, that, this, that, that death for a religious Jew is life. It's light. It's not the word shikha, is the letters hachoyshech, darkness. So again, those people that are coming from a place of darkness, and those people who, who dwell on oilam hazeh, and they think when a person leaves this world, they're dead, they're finished. They don't realize that that's when true life is really beginning. That life in this world material is make-believe, it's medame. Real life, real living, is only in the future world. Or a person who lives in this world based on the future world. That's called chayim. That's called real living. Any questions before we close? We still have a short piece. I don't want to finish it because I don't want to rush through it because there's some very, very important concepts in the remaining paragraph. Um, I'm now asking a question. Yes. Um, question regarding regarding um it's, it's difficult to know how much to mourn per se that you're not going to that a person is heartless you know they they're not feeling anything you know they cut off on the emotions and then suffering consequences from as a result of that on the one hand on the other hand not being drawn down too much and not being jovial my wife went last night to a shiver and uh, you know, everybody was upbeat and talking about the weather and talking about everything else. And uh, can Rav Nossin offer some guidance on, on, on putting it in perspective or the right place? Definitely. You, you, what you're saying is very, very true and very right. <clears throat> and, and it's an issue because people that don't study Torah properly and people that don't have Shimush Chachamim to watch how Tamid Chachamim, how Tzadikim conduct themselves when it comes to this type of thing, they have no idea. They have no idea. And they get it wrong in both extremes. Either too much depression, sadness, you know, negativity, or frivolousness. The Torah warns that in, in a house of an ovel and in a shiva, you're not allowed to say a dvar Torah. 
unless it's related to the shiv or something like that, because again, it's, it's a disrespect, it's an insult to the mace. We're sitting here, a person just passed away, and you want to talk about Hanukkah, you want to talk about how we're going to celebrate Hanukkah, person's not, even that you're not allowed to do. We learn Mishnayis, because Mishnah is the letters Neshama, and we speak about the person that passed, we try to say positive things about the person that passed away, or what we can learn especially what we can learn from the person who passed away, that kind of thing. But, but in other words, and here's where the Torah, the, the Pasuk says about the Torah, the path of the Torah is that middle-of-the-road path. Not too much this, not too much that. And, and without Torah, what we witness is both mistakes. We see either the extreme being described here, which is treif, too much negativity is, is trade, and we see the opposite of it, lack of respect, you know, lack of acknowledgement and respect <clears throat> that a house of mourning should not be, in, in those, the, you, the simcha should not be shown the way it is in other places. We have to be in simcha at all times, but in a base author, we don't express that simcha by laughing, by joking, telling jokes about, about anything at all whatsoever. That's just like on, on Tishabov, or, you know, uh, we, we, it's not a time for telling jokes and that kind of thing. It's not a time for depression. It's that middle-of-the-road path, which the Torah, if you look in, in Shulchan Aruch, it says what to do, what not to, what's allowed, what's forbidden, what, what's too much, what's too little. And therefore, a person really needs to be familiar with those laws. I remember my Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorf, for example, when, when, when a daughter passed away, which, which is like a, an un, you know, when, when a parent passes away, it's terrible. When, when a parent is mourning the death of a child, it's a whole different league of, of terrible. And, and yet he was careful not to show on the outside. He would, there was solemnness, there was seriousness, but there was also a display of, of strength, a firm emuna in Hashem, emuna that she is in a better place now, and emuna that everything has, not saying one word and not against Hashem, or about the, an untimely, you know, people use the word untimely death, untimely, what do you mean? Hashem didn't change the clock? Hashem was on daylight saving, you know? There's un- un- time. Hashem, the, the time when a person passes away, that's the time that Hashem knew is the right time. We say that from our perception, when we see a person passes away at a young age or they didn't live what we refer to as a complete full life, we could say that way, but we have to be extremely careful how we word that. <clears throat> and again, the Shulchan Aruch warns about this, to be careful not to say anything at all that could be perceived in any way as disrespectful to Hashem, or judging Hashem in any kind of way. <clears throat> you know, there, was the, the, there, there are people who show difference, but again, no two people are the same. He was able to exercise this incredible level of control, self-control, not to cry in public in front of other people. What he did behind closed doors is another story. <clears throat> but you saw a person who observed the laws, <clears throat> every single a minion going to that, you know, a, a minion for davening at the shiva, following each one of the laws that the Torah defines exactly what the right way to observe a, a funeral, what's the right way to observe shiva, 
the putting up of a matzeva, the yard site, every single thing. Thank you, Rabbi Sure. Anyone else? We should be zeichet to chayim. We should be zeichet to live, to celebrate happy occasions. Those that need to get married should find their true zivugim and get married. Those that need to have children, those that have children, to be zeichet to raise our children to to chayim, to teach them what we're learning here, to teach them what this world is and what the next world is, and that this world is is a preparation. You're preparing for a trip. Person who's going on a trip and they're busy doing other things, and you tell a person, hey, idiot, you're gonna be leaving soon. If you don't pack suitcase, if you don't go shopping, if you don't buy what you need for the trip, and if you don't pack your suitcases, you're gonna be in big trouble when you get there. And, and that's what our mission, that's what our life in this world is about. It's the realization that we're about to travel. How soon? Nobody knows, nobody knows. It could be in minutes, it could be in, in days or years, nobody knows. And therefore, every minute of our life is, is packing suitcases, hopefully, for that long journey, for the Olam Ho'emes, for eternity. To live that kind of life, which is, which is a simcha. The Gemara t- tells a story, and Rav Nassim quotes it in another place, where, <coughs> where, where they were at a wedding. The Chachamim, the Tanoim Amaram, were at a wedding of the son of one of the Tanoim. And, they, and somebody said, hey, let's sing something. So somebody said, sure, you are, I know a song. Vailon the Misna, Vailon the Misna. Woe is to us that we're going to die. Woe is to us that we're going to die. This is in the Gemara. You ever hear that? So what, what kind of song is that? And Rav Nosan explains, it's, it's the song we're singing over here. It's a realization of what life is really all about. And if a person learns it the right way and takes it the right way, a person doesn't get depressed over it, they're happy. I'm living in a place, I have the opportunity now, every minute of my life, I have the opportunity to shop. Another mitzvah, another mitzvah, tzitzis, tefillin, staka, brachan, food. Every second, I'm packing that suitcase. I can put stuff into the suitcase every moment. <laughs> and I'm going to be going to a better, a much better place. As much as the Eight Sahara, the Satan makes this world look attractive. And one of the things that troubles me a lot lately, that in religious magazines, in religious places, they're advertising Hanukkah getaway, Pesach getaway, five-star hotel, gourmet food, non-stop eating. You can eat in your sleep. We'll give you food while you're sleeping. We'll give you intravenous. Non-stop food, and they show you the pictures of the steak and the, the everything, and the, that showing you where are we? Where are we? This is not being. This is being presented to Orthodox Jewry. That's Hanukkah. That's Pesach. That that's life. That's our. That's our life. Our life is something totally different. But this is how the Sidrachra is fighting us in this generation with a tsunami of food, a tsunami of of. Gashmias luxuries to get us to forget, to get us to fall into this shikha, to forget that this is all imaginary, this is all medame, this is a joke. And the more we get involved in that, the less preparation we're going to make for where, where it really counts. Should be to know that, that we, there are certain foods associated with certain holidays, 
a person who eats latkes or a person who eats donuts on a Hanukkah, if they're eating it to show that this is a special day. What's special about it? We defeated Yavon. We're another candle. We're going high. We're getting rid of the Ra and we're trying to increase the Toiv, increase the light every day. Then it's a positive thing. But if we focus on that and, and, and not dwell on the Kedusha elements of it, we're, we're missing the boat completely. Rahman